0: What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. This is Will Brinson. I'm your host. This is the daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast. I am not in Arizona. Some people are. John Breach tricked me into believing he was in Arizona. He's not. He's in Nashville. I know that because I see him holding his tiny little microphone in his tiny little ant house um, with his tiny little hairdo. And Ryan Wilson, also not in Arizona because you have been doing HQ hits talking about Rob Gronkowski retiring, which is the big news of the day. We'll get to that. We'll preview the owners meeting, some crazy stuff uh, coming up in the next couple of days. We could see some rules changes and whatnot. But first of all, what's up guys?
1: Yellow. We're just coming to, uh, to this podcast moments after Duke cheated their way to beating UCF as a UNC homer. Uh, I'm not happy about that, but at least uh, Carolina won their game handily, and that's all I will say about college basketball.
2: And I'm only showing up for ten minutes before I hit the club to celebrate Gronk's retirement, and then <laughs> I'm going to get thrown out of the club in pure Gronk fashion.
0: That's my plan tonight, guys. I, I respect that, John. I respect that you uh, your willingness to um, to aggressively attack in pure Gronk fashion. That's good. Good on you. Good on you. What? Uh... What do we think, Rob Grukowski retired? It was kind of a shocking move on like a six o'clock. We were about to do this podcast and we're gonna fire it up at six o'clock. And like I swear, at five forty-five, um, uh, multiple people spotted Gronk's Instagram post in which he said he was retiring and walking away. I'm sure you have that Instagram post memorized so you can. Um, you can read it for us if you want John or if not you can just tell us about your immediate reaction to finding out that Rob Gronkowski who wrote it started it all started 20 years old on stage at the NFL draft when my dream came true now here I am about to turn 30 in a few months of a decision I feel is the biggest of my life so far I'll be retiring from the game of football today I'm so grateful for the opportunity that Mr. Kraft and coach Belichick gave to me when drafting my my silliness in 2010 my life experience over the last 9 years have been amazing both on and off the field people I've met, the relationships I've built, the championships I've been a part of. I just want to thank the whole New England Patriots organization for every opportunity I've been giving, blah, blah, blah. He continues on uh, for like 7,000 words, and he's gone. Gronk, off into the wind. Breach, what do you think? Well, I think
2: that you kind of hit the nail on the head by saying you were surprised. Look, I wrote in January that I thought he was going to retire, but even though I kind of thought it, I was still totally shocked, caught off guard by this, didn't see it coming, uh, it was just, you know, you hear about the Friday news dump where things just trickle out. And the last thing I expected was to be sitting at home watching the NCAA tournament on a Sunday evening, a pleasant Sunday evening, mind you. And then boom, Gronk drops a retirement bomb on Instagram of all places. So, I mean, I was just totally shocked, maybe flabbergasted. Is that a word that people use still? Uh, I, I was just completely surprised. What were your uh, first thoughts, Wilson?
1: I knew he was going to retire. I was actually not shocked at all. <laughs> the timing—the timing was weird. We talked about—I don't know why people are like, "Oh, I can't believe this happened." The timing is admittedly odd. But after the Super Bowl, when I mean, he had a couple good catches, but for most of the game, he didn't look great. He wasn't necessarily dominant during the season. We said that a lot, and we were talking about him coming back as a ten million dollar glorified right tackle. So, yeah, I, I get um why he retired and i i would have been surprised if he came back at 10 million a year that the patriots wanted to pay him that um maybe the only reason he would have done it for tom brady because i think reportedly tom brady last year wanted Gronk to come back when they were the trade conversations and all that but i mean for i've been doing mock drafts since september and every mock draft every other mock draft a couple times a month it would be the the patriots taking the tight end at 32 or whenever they drafted because they they're going to have to replace him even after we thought you know there's a slight chance Gronk will return in 2019. You still need a tight end because he can't – he's better than Jason Witten, but I, I don't think at this point in his career, given the uh, the string of injuries he's had every year and a lot of them serious injuries, he was going to be anything close to what we saw when he was in his prime. So, yeah, I mean it's surprising that it came out at 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. During, during the middle of uh, March Madness, but otherwise, eh.
0: Eh? Your reaction is Eh?
1: In terms of being surprised, it's a huge loss for. Especially so, what, you what did you what
0: part. did you physically do when you found out that Gronk was retiring? Were you like, oh, or were you like,
1: eh. I found out when you texted me because um, I was <laughs> I think I was playing basketball outside with my son, dominating him like I was Duke and he was UCF, and um, more I saw like the text
0: you were Duke and
1: for most of the game he, he yeah, was no Duke. I was Duke at yeah.
0: and you were UCF oh yeah Duke yeah Duke cheated let's be real
1: yeah that's how I that's how I play basketball. So so it, it tracks, but so I saw your text and I was like, oh boy. So I checked Twitter and of course he retired. So I didn't know whether he had you know, jumped off a bridge uh, with one of those squirrel suits and it didn't open something crazy like that that Gronk would do, or if he in fact had retired. So that's actually how I found out. So I was like, okay, and it just pushed the podcast back because Breach had to write the story, and then I did HQ, so pushed it back a little further, and then we had to watch the end of the Duke game. So here we are now at seven fifty three Eastern Standard Time.
0: Well, that way to way to. Run that into a complaint about the podcast time as you chug your yingling. Yingling. Ryan's drinking yingling. Um, I'm drinking- Celebrate
1: Gronk in true Gronk fashion. I'm well, I mean, a- guys,
0: here's the truth
2: is that we just lost 60% of our content for the 2019 season. I mean, Gronk petting a cat. I don't know if you guys remember that. Gronk dancing shirtless in Las Vegas. That was basically an annual headline that you could count on every single summer.
0: Uh, don't forget about the time I saw Gronk. Uh, tip a kid selling lemonade $100 at the Super Bowl. Gronk showing up at random bachelor parties. Oh, Gronk Amazon came to your boxes? bachelor party? Yeah. We got some great memories with Gronk. Let me ask you this, Breach. Is Rob Gronkowski the greatest tight end in NFL history?
2: Uh To that, I would say yes. And I know there are a couple arguments. I think Tony Gonzalez would probably be... The guy who was the strongest argument, obviously, Travis Kelsey still playing. He's got a few years, even though he's the same age as Gronk, which is crazy. But the reason I go with Gronk is because the dude was basically a once in a generation tight end. Not only was he one of the best receiving tight ends, but he's also one of the best blocking tight ends. And you look at if you break Tom Brady's career into two halves and, and the second half is after that ACL. I mean, Gronk was a big part why they won three Super Bowls and went to five Super Bowls. So you take Gronk off that team, they're not winning. They're not going to five Super Bowls in that span. Maybe two, maybe three because Belichick. But Gronk really was a huge part of that offense. And, uh, yeah, I, I do absolutely think he is the best tight end in NFL history.
0: What about you, Ryan? Agree or disagree?
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, he played nine seasons, came in 2010, and he was dominant. I mean, you couldn't stop him. There were no answers for him, and Steelers fans are quite aware uh, of how that played out every time they they faced the, almost every time they faced the Patriots, and, and Gronk was a, was a big part of that. So yeah, I know Tony Gonzalez, like um like Breach mentioned, Kellen Winslow back in the day, the original KW was amazing, but that was a different game. Um Jason Witten is a Hall of Famer, but I think you take Gronk over Jason Witten, um. I yes, would take Gronk yes. would in, in, in the broadcast. I <laughs> yeah. have no idea what Gronk sounds like, uh, other than the little snippets. You know what's funny? This is how quickly things have changed since Gronk came into the league in 2010. I think in 2011, when I first started at CBS, I wrote a story about how people were concerned that Gronk was seen with a porn star and had his picture taken with her. He was, it was the off season and he was, I think back in Arizona or on the West Coast somewhere. I mean, now who cares? At the time, no one really cared either, but it, it, some people had their, you know, grabbing their their pearls and, and, uh, you know, saying things like, I never, and, uh, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, that, that had nothing. I mean, that paled in compa- comparison to the, th- in fact, CBS sports, I think the Instagram, maybe the Twitter tweeted out some of, some of Gronk's best moments. Um, he was doing an interview with, um, I can't remember the ESPN reporter who's, um, Spanish speaking primarily. He works for ESPN Deportes, but Gronk answered all his questions in Spanish. Gronk doesn't speak Spanish. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, Breach mentioned the dancing. He had the Gronk cruise. Don't forget about that. I mean it was literally one thing after another, and I'll mention this quickly because I saw Breach tweet this, and I thought Breach was trying to be funny, and I I, I didn't find it. I thought it was like uh, this is sort of weird. But here's what Breach tweeted um, an hour ago. Gronk's final post game conversation with Bill Belichick was him planning to party with Belichick, and Breach goes to to, to quote – to make up quotes – or I thought he was making up quotes. Uh, Rob I haven't stepped out in like eight months. I got to step out tonight, which just sounds like something your great grandfather would say before he's going to cheat on his wife or something. <laughs> and then Bill Belichick says, I'm with you, man. I'm even going to step out tonight. That's actually what the, the conversation they had uh, on the field at the Super Bowl before going to party.
0: He said that after this Super Bowl? That's yeah. incredible. All right. Here's the CBS Instagram. Let's see if I can get this, um, timed up right. I'll probably screw it up. Though. Don't worry. Uh, Husky, report to work. Copy that. That's Gronk dancing on a
2: motorcycle. Con la What does it mean today that the defense really got the W, la victoria? Hola, me llamo Roberto. Si, yo
0: soy fiesta. That's the greatest one of all time, I think, the yo soy fiesta Steve, move. I am a party. Yeah, si, sí, yo soy Fiesta.
2: And also, I'm half Mexican. He speaks better Spanish than I do, so I'm it's, a little hurt now. It's a
0: little concerning that you don't speak any Spanish, Breach. No, no I
2: said difficult. he speaks better than I. it doesn't mean I don't speak any. I mean, like
1: maybe, maybe Gronk could be your Spanish tutor. I would pay to see that.
0: Uh, <laughs> like you should, you should definitely speak more Spanish than you do, John, since you're part Mexican. Because I uh, yo uh, yo habla español un poco. What do you think about that? Yo soy fiesta. Uh, I think I think that Gronk is, in fact, the greatest tight end of all time. And it's going to be uh, it'll be interesting to see how his Hall of Fame case works. I know there's a debate around the Super first Bowl time.
1: time. I mean, first ballot, no. Question.
0: I think he's a first ballot shoe in Hall of Famer, but I heard—I mean, I think weren't there some discussion about whether or not he's actually a Hall of Famer around the Super Bowl time? No, I think that was Julian Edelman. No, <laughs> uh, I swear, we,
2: wasn't it? We were all debating the, the whole thing because Edelman had such big postseason right. performances. And everybody's like, put Julian Edelman in the Hall of Fame, even though his stats were comparable to like. Jeremy Macklin, who by the way also retired
0: today. Uh hey, but, you know, check this out. Um, this is from uh, uh, the Boston Herald. If this is this is in um in mid February, I found this stunning. Is he a slam dunk, first, slam dunk first ballot? Will he go in on the first try like tight Tony Gonzalez just did with the class of 2019? That's where it gets a little dicey. Having consulted five members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame Selection Committee, there's 48 in the panel. none of them would firmly commit to the notion. He'll get in. There's not much doubt about that. It's just that no one is quite sure when. He might get passed over a few times, just like Ty Law. Um, and, uh, you know, Ther- uh, Therese Pal- Paler of Yahoo Sports, who did Gonzalez, who presented Gonzalez, um, said his stats aren't as high as some of the other guys who were in but there's no doubt he's the most complete tight end of his era but with his stats there might be some discussion on whether he's a first ballot guy or not interesting i, I mean, you look at
2: who, is, who, is, who who would he be going up against you know you look at anybody that could retire in the past couple years or any or anybody who has retired in the past couple years anybody who could retire just this year because there's not going to be a long list of guys you know Peyton Manning's going to be inducted soon all these huge names i can't think of a huge name that will be on the ballot in five years that could possibly keep Rob Gronkowski out.
0: I I agree I agree that's a good point and I think that to me he's the greatest tight end of all time when you think about you know the the ability to block um, his you know led the league in touchdowns one time seventeen in two thousand eleven really his breakout season but he had ten touchdowns as a rookie playing in 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 just you know when he played sixteen games and just started eleven. Um, Five times he had double-digit touchdowns, only had more than a thousand receiving yards, uh, four times, but, you know, that, that plays in part. Gronk always seemed to have up and, like, he always seemed to have, a uh, huge season and then sort of deal with an injury and then have another huge season after that and bounce back. A lot of
1: serious injuries.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's why I, I get, I mean, like, I understand why he's retiring. I, and, you know, he does get to walk away, walk out on top, you know, played, uh, you know, played 13 games, start you know, this year won the super Bowl um you know and and so for him, I think that that's a you know that's that's kind of cool to waltz away after that, and you do have to wonder if he was really that into the idea of spending another year and you know dealing not dealing with Belichick stuff, but you know being a professional football player at the age of thirty, he had a contract that they were going to pay him, probably that they might want to try and renegotiate. I'm sure that probably factored into it a little bit um and uh look I mean. The only guy that I think you could possibly put above him is Tony Gonzalez if you were picking the greatest tight ends ever. Uh, I would personally take Gronk just because I think if you had one game and you know, like, you know, season on the line, like if you were, if you were picking a tight end for the, for your Super Bowl team, you would go with Gronk over Gonzalez. Yeah. And there's not really any, I mean, somebody could say
2: Antonio Gates or Shannon Sharp, but the list of greatest tight ends ever, there's not a lot of guys you can put up on that. Mount Rushmore, if you will, and Gronk would absolutely be the pick. And if Gonzalez was the first ballot Hall of Famer, I think that means Gronk has to be too.
0: Well, you would think so, John, but that doesn't mean it's a guarantee by any stretch of the imagination. All right, what's uh what do the Patriots do in the draft, Ryan? Or free agency. What's the what's the play here now? Is there
1: Well here's the thing, uh and you actually retweeted this from uh Rap Sheet, you okay. know. Uh Jared Cook, they made a push for Jared Cook, oh, I yeah. think is what he exactly. he said, but he's probably most likely going to sign with the Saints. So Jerry Cook would make some sense. He's 32, had 68 receptions last year for the Raiders, was uh, the leading, tied for the lead uh, among all Raiders, past catchers. So uh, he can clearly, you know, he can still do it even though he's 32 years old. But here's the current – let me ask you this. I'll ask you first, you and John both. There are one, two, three, four tight ends currently on the Patriots roster, not named Rob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. How many can you name?
0: Uh, Dwayne Allen.
1: No, he he's now with the with Dolphins. The
2: Dolphins. Oh, yeah. I know that cuz I think I wrote that. Um
1: right. wait a second It's John Stern now. John, you have any... I
2: think they have a guy named Steven, but I can't remember his last name.
1: Steven yes? Anderson, that's right. Oh
0: yeah. Michael Hudowani. Yeah,
1: he's he retired 5 years ago.
0: Uh
1: any other you got any other names?
0: Um
1: They signed a kid named Matt Lacoste who played for the Giants and Broncos the last few years. I think he has combined 27 receptions, I have to look at. And he
0: husband. was only signed because his last name sounds like lacrosse. Right, <laughs> like exactly. that's, that's the only reason Bill Belichick signed him. Is Jacob Hollister still on that roster?
1: You just look. And Ryan, <laughs> and Ryan Izzo. You're, so, you're terrible. Come on. Dude. So, yeah, Ryan is the other one. I think Ryan Izzo is primarily special teamer.
0: That's so- Tom Izzo's, uh, third third cousin removed on his mother's side.
1: Do you think Tom yells at him like he yells at that poor freshman?
0: That is the biggest garbage storyline of I all time. I thought Scott
1: Van Peltz's response was, was perfect. It really
2: Ryan, was. Brian, was your point of this exercise that the Patriots don't have any tight ends?
1: They have no tight ends to speak of. And I was going to follow it up by saying they really – they resigned Philip Dorsett. Um, Chris Hogan's still out there. They could resign him. They signed some guy named Maurice Harris to play wide receiver. Julian Edelman's there. They signed Bruce Ellington. Um, and Matthew Slater is a uh, special teams guy. So we don't know what's going to happen with Josh Gordon in terms of when he's coming back and all that. So they don't have any – Real receivers to speak of at all. All that said, they have three uh, picks in the first two rounds. They have the the end of the first round, end of the second round, and then they have like the 52nd pick, I believe. I have to double check. So I I finished my mock draft, my two-round mock draft that comes out on Monday before the Gronk news, and I'm actually not going to change it, but I'll give you a little preview. They have them um, taking defensive tackle at the end of the first round because Noah Fant and uh, TJ Hawkinson already went earlier in the first round. And then at 50, let's see what it is. It is 50, come on. Oh, come on. There it is. Um 56, there we go. So at 56, I have him taking a wide receiver because they need a wide receiver. Help Emmanuel Hall out of Missouri. That's a little sneak peek there. He's uh He was Drew Locke's favorite guy. He's like 6'2". He ran a great time at the, at the um, Combine, and he can be a big play guy. And then finally at 64, I have him taking a tight end, Jay Sternberger. Who is the fourth best tight end in this class. Um, at least I think he is. And, uh, he's, he's not a blocker, but he is a a middle of the field playmaker. And so they got to figure out the blocking situation. We'll see how that works. But let me ask, uh, John, either you or Brinson can answer this question. They have those, these two first two, uh, they have the first rounder and two second rounders. Would you trade up? And it might take both second rounders to trade up some combination of all three picks to, to 12th, which would put you where the Packers are now in order to have the best chance of getting T.J. Hawkinson, who is drawn comparisons to Rob Gronkowski. I think he's more like Travis Kelsey. But would you do that to move up to get the best tight end in this class, one of the best players in this class?
2: I would absolutely think about it because you look at the Patriots' offense, it is literally designed around having a good tight end. That's how it functions best is when there's a good tight end. I mean, we saw Gronk and Aaron Hernandez dominate for like two years together, uh, and then obviously only one of them after that going forward. But that offense works best when there's a tight end. And I don't think that Jared Cook can be ruled out just yet because uh, I can't even remember where I read it, but it was that Cook passed on the Patriots because he wanted to be the top tight end without any competition. And so since the Gronk thing was unsettled, he said, I don't want to deal with that because the Patriots apparently told him they didn't know what what Gronk was going to do. And so now... You're Jared Cook. You haven't signed your contract with the Saints. You know Gronk's out for a fact. So,
0: I mean, are you taking the Patriots' phone calls? Yeah. Is that better,
1: though, than catching passes from Drew
0: Brees? I'm taking the phone calls and getting a better deal from the Saints. That's what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, that, that I think that makes sense. Because you're going to catch more passes. You don't have to play in cold weather. By better the, chance of the Super Bowl in New England, though.
0: Yeah. By the way, the, uh, the Patriots have released statements. That tells you how good Gronk is. Because the Patriots don't release statements on many people. Um, and it is interesting they came out uh, the five six minutes ago a statement from Bob Kraft and a statement from Bill Belichick were both released by the Patriots and it, it is interesting that it took two hours for them to get statements from those guys down on paper that leads me to believe that Gronk really did like they didn't know until Gronk apparently called Bob Beltech Kraft was
1: in Barbados with his top off Sunday then on the on or the party get, bar. getting
0: harassed by TMZ outside of restaurants that was incredible I saw John
1: wrote that but I didn't I didn't click on it how how bad was it John
2: uh for the for TMZ or for Belichick
1: I what happened yeah I didn't I didn't see any of it
2: uh TMZ went full TMZ on Belichick and he just blew he went full Belichick where he didn't answer a single question uh except someone's Kind of said he looked handsome, and he looked over and smiled at him. But other than that, uh,
0: but it was and then, but then they asked him. Somebody asked him a question about um, Robert Kraft, and it was like he was sort of smiling. They're like, Bill, you look great. Go, Pat's go." He's smiling. And then well, they asked good. a question. And he goes, and you could like see it was like like his whole body. You could see his body just stopped. Yeah. Uh, here's a statement from Kraft on Rob Gronkowski: In the nine years I've known Gronk. Rob Gronkowski, excuse me. I've never known him to have a bad day. He always has a youthful exuberance about him. It's a joy to be around as a player. He earned the respect of his coaches and teammates for his hard work, preparation, selfless attitude, and sheer dominance of his game. Gronk quickly became a fan favorite of the most dominant player in his position for nearly a decade. I look forward to honoring him in the near future as both a Patriots and Pro Football Hall of Famer. Uh, he goes on for a little bit. And here's Bill Belichick. It was a pleasure and privilege to coach Rob Gorkowski the past nine years. From his rookie year until his final season and through countless times in between, Rob was a major reason why why we won games and championships. His elite combination of size, skill, intelligence, toughness, and ability to perform in pressure situations set him apart. Rob's impact on our team and organization was felt in many ways in the ultimate team sport. Rob was a great great teammate. His production spoke for itself, but his daily attitude, unmistakably positive energy wherever we he went and toward whoever he touched will never be forgotten. Rob will leave an indelible mark on the Patriots organization and the game as among the best, most complete players at his position to ever play man, when Bill Belichick says that stuff about you, how does that I mean that makes you feel good right? I mean like you, you
1: so would you trade up for
0: Yes. Hawkinson? Yeah, I would. Uh, I don't think he's gonna be there at 12.
1: So you're willing to give up two second round picks, a first and second, some combination, maybe all three to get into the top 10?
0: A first and two seconds to go get 12 and get TJ Hawkinson? I would consider it, but I, but probably Belichick won't do it.
1: here's what, here's my response to, to people that are eager to do that. Uh, Rob Gronkowski went in the second round.
0: Yeah, Gronk fell because he had back injuries coming out of Arizona. I mean, like there was a, um, yeah, there weren't people weren't uh people were concerned that he wouldn't be able to play for a long time, and it's, you know, again, injuries were always an issue with him. So it's not like that's completely untrue.
2: Well, then my reaction to anyone who wants to take a quarterback in the first round is Tom Brady went in the sixth round. I mean, you could do that with any position. Suck it, Wilson, in your Can't face, kickers. <laughs> that is fair. You can
0: do it, punters. Michael Dixon was taken early. So was Brian Anger. He was taken before Russell Wilson. I, I know, I know. I was. uh I was, Pete
1: sitting, was not happy about that.
0: I was sitting there with Pete when it happened, and Pete. Pete was. I. I told Pete that Russell would be better than Osweiler, and he didn't believe me because he's an ASU. And yeah, you can say
1: it with any position, but you can't say it with any position as it relates to Bill Belichick putting together a roster.
0: I, I think, but I do think like a player like Hawkinson. Would be one of those times where he would consider trading up because you do need to fill yeah. it. But at the same time, I mean, this is a team that knows. I mean, like I don't even know that they're that worried about replacing Gronk's uh catching, like receptions production. I think they're more worried about replacing his his run blocking production. Because you that's, would think
1: they would have kept Wayne Allen around, who is a run blocking tight end, if they had known before two hours ago. Yeah, that Gronk was leaving. Well,
0: that's the thing with Jared Cook. Like Jared Cook is not exactly a great blocker i mean this is a guy who's gonna um you know he's gonna come out and you know, catch a bunch of passes but he's not gonna be a dominant run game guy
2: with Gronk yeah. retiring how many second round picks do you think are left from the 2010 nfl draft over or under, under. 10
1: 32 picks way uh, under
2: i'll say zero wilson is right brinson is kind of right because it's under but not zero it is seven.
0: Who's uh, who, are oh, who are the remaining?
2: Who are the remaining ones? Roger well, Sappold, well, oh, Zane Beatles. Oh, you guys want to guess? Sorry, Wilson. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: you can this, guess the
0: other five. You want to you guess? guess the
1: Steelers. Uh, Marquise Pouncey's still playing.
0: Oh yeah, there you go. Um, of course, uh, let's see who else. Limville Joseph, Jimmy Clausen still playing.
1: Oh, second round picks. I said yeah, second pick. round picks. Yeah, Wilson was was
0: bounties first.
1: Oh yeah, James uh worlds has actually retired. He retired four years ago.
0: Sean Jason. Lee, Golden yeah. Tate. He's sort Tate? of playing Sean Lee. Um, who else? Yeah. Is that it?
1: That's actually a lot. Seven. I feel like.
0: Yeah, for second round. That's a really that was a really good draft, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a very good. That was the Bradford draft. Um. Yeah, Ndamukong Suh, Gerald McCoy, Trent Williams, Eric Perry, Russell Kuhn, Joe Hayden. A lot of those dudes are still playing. That's pretty incredible. Uh, okay, let's take a quick break. And then we'll come back and uh, talk about some owners meeting stuff and get ready for the uh, continuing 2019 NFL offseason.
1: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: All right. Man, I'm glad. I mean, I'm sad that Gronk retired and left football, but I'm kind of glad because we might have uh, we would have had more uh, more stuff to fill void to fill if you know what I'm saying right
1: uh NC State is losing to Harvard and NIT John how do you feel about
2: that well I think we would have filled that void by talking about Jeremy Macklin retiring at his wife's baby shower Mm.
1: so John has no response to Harvard beating NC State is what what
2: I'm hearing I I had to figure out uh, I was like what where what sport is that and it is women's college basketball no men's it's the NIT it's worse. Oh, it's NIT. Yeah. So, well, there we go. It's oh, fair. I didn't even know, see? Triple slap that in my face. department at all. You yeah. know, my problem is that I forgot to fill out my women's NIT bracket. I do no, that no, it's, every it's year. It's the men's NIT. Oh, it's men's? Yeah. Oh, well, I forgot to fill out my men's NIT
0: bracket. <laughs> I forgot
2: to fill out all my NIT brackets this year.
0: Oh, uh, the non-human. uh Harvard up uh, 36-33 on Harvard of the South right now. So, yep, yeah. Lord. <laughs> um, the, uh, oh yeah, so John, yeah. Jeremy Macklin retired. Were you, were you like, were you, were, su- were you
1: surprised?
0: <laughs> well, no, I just wonder like, you're like, wow, that's kind of annoying that I'm working on a Sunday or were you kind of like, all right, that's cool. I can write up that story. NFL player retires. And then all of a sudden you got the Gronk bomb dropped on you.
2: That's exactly. I actually literally put the final period in the Macklin story. When I saw Gronk's Instagram, and I was just like, oh, my God. First of all, I felt horrible for Macklin because no one is ever going to remember he retired. Everybody's going to be like, what happened to Jeremy Macklin? They're going to Google it and be like, oh, he retired the same day Gronk did, the same day Duke almost lost, by, but they won by cheating. Uh, so Macklin is like the 12th most important thing that happened today. And even, you know, he did it at his wife's baby shower, so that poor baby is not going to be able to Google his dad and find out when he retired. So it is just uh, sorry, Jeremy Macklin, that that happened.
1: You have to name the baby Gronk Macklin. Problem solved. <laughs> By the way, we didn't talk about this, John. Um your election of duty and the things you wrote on Sunday. Cliff Kingsbury saying that everything's on the table with the first overall pick.
2: I mean, what is there? He's just Smokescreen Kingsbury. That should be his nickname. The guy Smokescreen Kingsbury. It's his first year in the NFL and he's he's sounds like a twelve year sounds like Belichick here. He's just Talking a lot without actually saying anything. So what are I mean, they
1: saying to Josh Rosen at this point? When you hear things like "everything's on the table" and you're Josh Rosen, isn't your agent saying, "All right, what the hell's going on? We need some clarification. It's almost April. What's what's going to happen?"
2: Well, I don't think you you can't trade Rosen until quote, the draft because if you do it before, then everybody knows you're taking Kyler Murray. But if you do it on draft day, then people are calling you making bigger and better offers. So like, I feel like you're killing his value by trading him. Way before the draft, but then the flip side of that is, you know, Kingsbury has to talk Steve Keim into saying, "Hey, man, you know that first round pick you made last year? It sucked, and I want Kyler Murray." You know, because Steve Kym, still the general manager, still in charge, and he's the one who traded up to get Rosen last year. So uh, there's a lot of nuance here that just makes this a fascinating situation.
1: I don't see the nuance. I see it's this sort of like a hammer banging on a window, and it's only a matter of time before it breaks. I don't know what they're doing.
0: Uh, by the way, Kingsbury also said, "Yeah, I've talked to Josh, and he understands it's a business and what goes all what all goes with the first pick and what's going on." Uh, that's, that means he's gone. I think I. It's not a good sign. We say no.
1: You're not having that kind. Of, who had the first pick last year? Browns, no one knows. The Browns. Who was it? Uh,
0: the Browns. Baker oh. Mayfield. Yeah.
1: Oh, said so there's no quarterback there. When's the last time they had the first round pick and a, and a quarterback wasn't taken? My point is that the, the quarterback that was the the quarterback on Miles the team prior, the, draft. the year before, what's that?
0: When they took Miles Garrett over Carson Wentz. No, that was the wrong year. Is that the right year? No, because Jared Goff, Carson it's Wentz, Jared Goff first, but Miles Garrett was two years ago.
1: And who's the quarterback? God, I don't remember who the Browns quarterback had. So many quarterbacks. I think they took Deshaun Kaiser in that draft too. Yes, right. That's my true. point is that rarely uh, when the quarter the incumbent quarterback team has a first overall pick, has a coach call them and said, listen, we're taking a defensive end. Uh, Your status is up in the air because we have the first overall pick. Surely you understand how that works. Um, If you like your franchise quarterback, you build around him. You don't take another quarterback 11 and a half months later.
0: No, I mean, I think it's 100%. You don't say Josh knows it's a business and then start talking about the fact that um, everything is on the table. Now, I do... I still do think that maybe they're just trying to push this as hard as they can because it's good for business and the trade market and it helps. You know, the NFL likes it and people talk about the card. Maybe they
1: are because Josh Rosen hasn't said anything because he's been known to speak his mind and not take slights well or suffer fools well or whatever you want to call it. Right. And I haven't heard anything from him, so maybe he's you know maybe he's cool with it.
0: I don't know, uh, Breach. What do you think they're going to do with the first pick?
2: I'm 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 fifty fifty. I mean, everybody seems sold that it's going to be Kyler Murray, but just the more. Cliff Kingsbury talks the more I think that they could keep Josh Rosen because if you trade Josh Rosen you don't get good value then you wasted your 2018 first round pick you're not going to get a defensive player or a player that improves your team this year because you're going to take Kyler Murray so I just think there's a lot of question marks if you take Murray but if you keep Rosen who could be better than Murray or equal to if he's equal to then you know you would keep Rosen because you also get to keep the first Pick in the draft Uh, I mean unless you think Kyler Murray is at least five times Better than Josh Rosen I just don't See how you get rid of Josh Rosen
1: So here's the thing Steve Kime's getting Fired this year if the Cardinals suck So if you're Steve Kime What do you do what is your best chance to win Josh Rosen build around him or Kyler Murray Throw him out there and keep your fingers crossed in hopes That he gets Baker Mayfield up Uh, Choice A What do you do Brenton
0: um, I would uh, keep Rosen. I would, right. keep, I would keep Rosen, and I would build around him. And if you take a step yep. forward, even if you can win seven games next year, I don't think you're getting fired. You know what I mean? Like I don't oh, think
1: 100 you're not getting fired. That's right, because you're improved on your three win season. When you guys, I don't know who's in charge of hiring Steve Wilkes. That's a, that's something that you want to race off your resume. But that last season was a disaster in every fashion. And I think you, I think Rosen makes a ton of sense. I think you get. Bosa or trade down or whatever. You could trade down if someone wants to get Kyler Murray, and I'm sure there'll be people that want to get him. And you can get Garrett Bradbury at 15 or something. Mm. You can get Dexter Lawrence with your the top of the second round if you want. You can get an edge rusher with one of those other picks you get from trading down. I mean, there's so many things you can do that are better than just getting Kyler Murray and still having the same doo-doo team you had last year.
2: Wait, so are we saying that if we were the Cardinals' brain trust, we would all stick with Rosen? Yeah,
0: sounds like it. Yeah, I, I, I keep getting the spidey sense, my spidey sense is going off that they are going to stick with Rosen and that, that they, that they ultimately would pref- not prefer to have him, but I just think that, um, they look at it as an opportunity to win this year without having to give up a ton of value. Cause I, th- I think that they can be better than people think. Cliff
1: Kingsbury is not taking that job unless he is convinced the owners that the, he likes Josh Rosen. Isn't, I mean, that, isn't that a possibility?
0: I think so because they didn't know that. They, like Kyler Murray wasn't in any discussion for the first right. overall pick up until Cliff Kingsbury's comments from October when he said that he would have taken Kyler Murray first overall resurfaced and became a became like a talking point. Like until that, there's no discussion about Cliff Kings about the, about the Cardinals taking Kyler Murray one overall. And look, if you add Nick Bosa to uh, Terrell Suggs, Chandler Jones, or maybe even add Quentin Williams and throw him in the middle if they really like him. Um, you throw that, that's a pretty good defensive line. You got some, you know, Ed- Josh
1: Rosen plus Quentin Williams is better than Kyler Murray.
0: Yeah, and again, 100%, 100%. Like, if you go into your interview, if Kingsbury
2: had gone into his interview with Steve Kime and said, I hate Josh Rosen, I don't want him on the team, he's not getting the job because Kime traded up to get him last year. So like, right, right. he definitely had to say, I can make it work with this guy. And if Kime heard that, why would he even contemplate Getting Kyler Murray with the number one overall
1: pick. I've actually talked myself into them not taking Kyler Murray.
0: Well, right. I mean, like you wouldn't, you don't put all this stuff in motion unless you think that Josh going to be the guy. Now, having said that, if they're convinced that Kyler Murray is going to be awesome, then you take Kyler Murray. I we sat down with Pete Prisco with the Super Bowl. And talked to him for a while. You know, he, he busted out his little film thing and was showing, showed all these throws. I mean, I think you do at least have to be worried that Kyler Murray is it, you know, might not step in and be just incredibly dominant off the bat, right?
1: Well, here's the thing. I was talking to Scott last week. They have four guys are going to get drafted. Cody Ford's their right tackle. He's going to be a first round pick in all likelihood. Defense has rushed three against Kyler Murray all the time. Yep. He's not going to have that situation in Arizona where that offensive line sucks. They couldn't figure out how to use David Johnson. I'm sure Cliff Kingsbury figured that out. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is their go-to receiver at this point. I mean, there are so many things that Kyler Murray being out there ain't going to fix. By the way, I asked the scout this question. I said, so other than being 5'10", um, what would you say is the biggest issue that you have with Kyler Murray? What do you think he said?
0: His accuracy.
1: He said not much.
0: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah.
1: So, I mean, guys love him, and –
0: Is this a, is this a scout for a team that could be potentially picking in the top half of the draft? I can tell you that. You can give us a range. You can say like an NFC scout or something.
1: He's an NFL scout.
0: (laughs) Oh, come on. You gotta learn how to, if you're gonna be dropping, I talk to a scout. You gotta be able to, like, sprinkle in, like, a little vagueness about it. Like, a scout. I'll
1: I'll tell you off, I'll tell you off air who, who, uh, who I was talking to. I'm gonna tell him, look man, come on.
0: Well, well, I'm, I'm asking because I'm curious if he, all right. Is, uh, here's here. Is it a scout with a team that could be looking for a quarterback? Because it, it could be anybody.
1: You just asked me that ten minutes ago. Or ten seconds ago. No, I, I'm not telling you. It's an NFL scout.
0: Well, that's 32 guys. You got to narrow it down like 10.
1: Yeah. He was at the combine. I'll give you that. Does that narrow it down? And no, that's
0: not helpful at all.
1: <laughs> but uh he covers Bill uh, Smith
0: with the Raiders.
1: Yeah. It's uh, it's real Brunson. I told you that guy. Yeah.
0: He's f- <laughs> up. oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's awesome. He,
1: yeah, make sure you mark that down. Uh, but anyway, the point is I think you guys have convinced me that unless you're part of it. Because, I mean, do you think that Kingsbury and Kime are looking at all these mock drafts, and I'm as guilty as anyone, going, oh, my God, yes, they keep putting Kyler Murray number one. Teams are reading these mock drafts. That seems to be the buzz. John Gruden or whomever wants to trade up get Kyler Murray are now going to be even more inclined to do so, and this is all part of their big ruse. Because I'll be honest, like you look at Steve Kime, he doesn't strike me as someone who's going to be – you know, Kaiser Sose and up, but we said the same thing about Antonio Brown, who is the OG Kaiser Sose. So maybe, maybe he knows more than I think
0: Kai's smart enough to know how to manipulate the media. And look, I mean, like, I, I mean, look, he's, he didn't start all this drama. Like it's just, it's sort of, like he didn't. They didn't
1: answer the questions.
0: Yeah, that's true. He didn't. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, but he's smart. He's leaving it open. And I think they really are at least considering it. Like it's not off the table, but I just don't know. The problem is if you trade, if you trade Josh Rosen to like the Patriots for a second round pick and everybody praises the Patriots and then you draft Kyler Murray and he's not that good and the second round pick isn't that great, you're getting fired. Like, like you're getting fired. And if, the, and if, if Bidwell, Michael Bidwell, the team president and the owner, if he loves Josh Rosen, there's a decent chance that you just can't trade Josh Rosen. Like he's not going to sign off on it. And I think that's an ownership level uh, situation that you've got to get signed off on.
2: And here's another thing. If they do take Kyler Murray, you guys know when the last time a team drafted a quarterback in the first round two years in a row? Uh,
0: no, but the Panthers did it in 2010 and 2011 with a the with their first overall pick.
1: The Cowboys did it like uh, with the supplemental draft picks. They took um,
0: Troy Aikman and, um, and
1: Matt or Walsh. Um, Walsh, what's Walsh? Steve, Steve Walsh.
0: Steve Walsh, yeah, that's right. Who, who do would, you have, John? Who did the Panthers take? Jimmy Clawson in the, the second round, and then Cam Newton first overall. Cam,
1: no sex, Newton.
0: The last time to do it in the
2: first round, both years was the Baltimore Colts, nineteen eighty-two and nineteen eighty-three. So we're talking. Is that when they? Was that when they? Drafted Elway, and they had to trade him? Yeah, that's eighty-three 83's when they did. L.A. was the second quarterback, though. He wasn't even the first one. That's the even crazier part. So who, the, the door who, was open for it to happen again in 84. Who was the first was one? It? Yeah, who's uh, it? Arch Leaser. Oh, yeah. Gambling. Just... Got basically fizzled out of the NFL after like two years, I think. By the way, you
1: guys just glossed over the Cam No Sex Newton joke.
0: Oh, yeah. Speaking of Cam Newton, um, we can just go straight to that. What's – uh? Why did Cam, Why didn't Cam? Ha, why didn't Cam having any sex? I don't get it.
1: I think John's our sex correspondent. Did you write that story, John?
0: I
2: did not. Wow. Even though I do generally try to write all the sex stories on the website, uh, I didn't grab this one.
1: He was trying. <laughs> nice. He was trying to remain focused. Is that was his? The, I didn't read all the details. Is but he I saw just the no quitting
0: sex, sex for a month? And he think, like, what you do? Get married. <laughs> I am all right. <laughs> why, yeah, why is he quitting it
1: now though? What's going on in April that he needs oh, to quit having?
0: Lent maybe, I don't know.
2: Some people just go celibate for a while. How much Aren't sex was he having that he needed to quit having sex? Question. I mean, he has a kid. He's, so he's a... having some.
0: That's one. <laughs> that's, having a kid doesn't, that's, that's a single instance. Do
1: um, you think it'll make it better?
0: Do you think that rich people, like rich athletes have uh, more sex with a small kid around than like a normal person?
1: I don't know what you're asking.
0: Because <laughs> like most people who have small kids aren't, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I don't know what this is. We are out. now
2: turning into the pick six pod after dark.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. Turn on the sexy music, Brunson.
2: <laughs> I, I think we're talking about no sex. I don't Do know you, you think Tom Brady has ever gone celibate for a bun?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. With his, with his uh, kale smoothies and the, the pliability stuff,
2: absolutely. Okay, follow-up question. Do you think Gronk has ever gone sell no. for a month? Not no. a chance. No chance. Um, that dude, he went through puberty at age five, and there's no way it's happened since. No, yeah. no
1: looking back.
0: the um I, I don't know. I don't get it. Cam, I mean, good for Cam. I mean, I think anything, a month off of anything is a good idea. Like doing a month of, like I did a dry January. And it, made, yeah. it Made me feel much better, and I told people about it every day and complained about it thoroughly on this podcast. Cam,
1: tell us about his thing. You know
0: what? Did John Kaiser tweeted about the
2: Cam Newton thing?
0: Oh my God! And then the Notre Dame priest tweeted back at him. Did you see that, Ryan? No. What happened? Well, uh, let's see. What did he say, John? Kaiser's
2: tweet was: "I tried the going celibate for a month in Cleveland, and it didn't work <laughs> out too well.
0: <laughs> like, and the and the and the priest." Who's a, uh, William Daly, Father Bill, priest of the Congregation of Holy Cross Director, Notre Dame Newman Center for Faith and Reason, Dublin, uh, tweeted, not your best work here. And Deshaun <laughs> Kaiser replied, apologies, Father Bill, looking to get better every day.
1: Oh, that's a good response though. I mean, come on, Father Bill, he's joking.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I mean, is he joking?
1: Well, Cleveland wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't the barrel of monkeys for, for Deshaun Kaiser. It probably
2: <laughs> just
1: suck pretty bad um
0: yeah i mean i, I don't know uh Look. Okay, good good for cam newton what uh what else happened john this weekend give me some more news
2: i mean well I, I can't believe we're not spending more time with cam newton let me just say that first and by the way he made those statements on a cbs show so we should give a shout out to james
0: Gordon. oh it was with james corden that's right nice i love james corden yeah. um i yeah, what, i just what about don't...
1: the um what about the rules what's going on with the owner's meeting
0: Just like this, pretty good headline from Deadspin. Just like you, Cam Newton is not having sex. It's pretty solid. Um, go on, John. What's going on with the owners' meetings?
2: All right, I think we
0: all want to. We've been waiting to talk
2: about this. Our favorite rule proposal, you know. So there's been some crazy rule proposals. I think Brinson, you probably remember the one because you wrote a story in 2015. Jim Ursay wanted a nine-point touchdown where, like, you score, and then your kicker hits a 50-yard kick, and then all of a sudden you get nine points. Uh, there's been some proposals in the past about kicking a kickoff through the uprights and maybe getting an extra point out of it, or uh, the touchback moves further back. And now we have the crazy one from the Broncos with the fourth quarter, fourth and 15, don't do the onside kick. And honestly, I feel like that's something that the three of us would come up with if
0: we're drunk at a bar and I love it.
1: While well, talking to Cam Newton about his no sex policy.
0: You know what? Why don't we, um, why don't we, uh, why don't we listen to Cam Newton? Do you want to hear Cam Newton talk about not having sex on the James Corden's, uh, on James Corden's show? Last, the the late, late show with James Corden. So we got, yeah, vegan in February and then March, I'm giving, uh, I hope this is an adult crowd. It looks like it is. No sure. climax. Woo! Oh. Shut the front door. <laughs> Straight up. No? No. I'm, I'm going through a transition right now. Like, whatever. oh like, my. I'm, I'm gone.
1: Like, they they should at least done it in February. You got 28 days in February.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it to be challenging. You know, I'm coming off of, of, of shoulder surgery. I'm looking for... Oh, strategy. I get it. shoulder surgery. It's harder to... That <laughs> right. I get it. I get it. It's harder to throw. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's harder yeah. to throw. I yeah. understand. Yeah. yeah. So... so I understand. You know, for, <laughs> uh, nope. That's
2: including no Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Wait. Did Cam Newton say no Wi-Fi as a way of saying... Uh, as a way of referring to... uh a uh, single-person game?
1: What does that mean, single-person? Oh,
0: single-person. Not a multiplayer event. A single-person yeah. game. I believe he said, that's right, no Wi-Fi. So, like, he just refers to Wi-Fi. What the? What?
2: That's a, that is a that is and, and also, he said no climax. So, that doesn't necessarily mean
0: he's not.
1: That's right. He could still be doing stuff.
0: Right, right. <laughs> Wait, what? But, uh, yeah, so, I, I, I don't know think... why doing it, Mark. <laughs> you want to walk us through those technicalities real quick, John? I'm not sure
2: how. What's the... Well, it occurred to me when this he said that. This is a G-rated rated podcast. I, I don't want to get too into detail, but I'm just saying that there is a difference, a nuanced difference between what he said and what we were talking about.
0: Uh, that right. th- that is true. He's not necessarily vowing that he I will think not we
2: have do sex. About his Owners <laughs> uh,
0: Anyway, so the different Broncos. What did uh, what are the Part different...
2: fifteen? It
1: seems like an insane idea. As John mentioned, something we would come up with while we were drunk
0: <sighs> at a bar. At, at a bar with Cam Newton.
1: Uh, at a bar with Cam Newton. Um, well, I think the the likelihood of success for the uh, onside kick last year was like less than 5% or something, wasn't it? So fourth and 15 has to be higher than that. So I, I, I guess it's okay. I, it, it's a weird sort of plan B. Um, I suppose it's safer than what they were doing downside kick and, and why they made the changes. But it, it's a weird suggestion for a team um, that doesn't have quarterback, number one. And the one team that hated the rule also doesn't have a quarterback and wants to run the ball. It, it wasn't the Giants, John?
2: It was the Giants.
1: So – uh, it was what did passed, John? What
0: did John Mara say about it? Is it Mara or Mara? I always get it wrong.
1: Mara, Kate Mara, John Mara.
0: Mara. What did uh, John Mara say about it? He's like, "We're not the Arena Football League." It's like, right, exactly. Hey, buddy, so I they, hate to break it to passed you. You passed still have Eli like the, the competition
1: rest. committee, and now it has to happen, John?
2: Well, it, the funny thing about Mara's comments is like, hey, at least get your leagues right, because it was the AAF, the Alliance of American Football, that's using this rule, except they do it fourth and twelve from the twenty-eight yard line. Uh, in substitute of an onside kick for the NFL will be 4th and 15 from the 35-yard line where the kickoff is held from. And the competition committee loved it. They voted 7-1 to one to push it through, which just means the owners are going to get a piece of paper that says, hey, the competition committee really likes this rule and you should pass it. But, of course, 24 owners have to approve it, and a lot of those guys are uh, staunchy old dudes that are kind of stuck in their ways and aren't going to vote for a rule this crazy. Cause I mean, this is a crazy rule. This would be one of the most progressive changes the NFL has made in decades, besides moving the extra point back, which I don't even think is as crazy as this.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't, I think they will eventually do this. I don't think they will do this, um, by this year. Like, I don't think you're going to see them come out of the gates flying with this. When they've got so much to worry about from a replay perspective and they have a new collective bargaining agreement coming up. I just think it would be like a little bit rushed to throw this out there, right? Like do we, haven't even and, seen, we haven't seen a full season of AAF do it yet.
2: Right. And, and the other thing is you can only do it once per game. It's not like you can sit and do this after every touchdown. You go out and you say, we're not kicking off. We're going to do this fourth and 15. You can only do it once per game. And you can only do it in the fourth quarter. So – I mean, it is. I have a tough time believing that 24 owners are going to approve this. And it, like you know, you just said John Mara doesn't like it. He's an owner. That's one vote against it. So now you just need seven more votes against it, and it's failing, or eight more votes against it. So I, I like the rule, but I don't think it's going to pass, or but it'll be close. Right?
0: And Ryan hates it because he's old.
1: No, I'm fine with it. I mean, I'm indifferent. Just like the overtime stuff. I don't. I'm not really. I know people get angry about the overtime thing, I, I'm and I it's crazy. Maybe I am old because I, I side with Prisco. I said this last week. <laughs> get, don't get mad. Get better.
2: Wait, where do you stand on the overtime stuff? Because the Chiefs have a bunch of overtime proposals on the table.
1: I'm fine with um, if your defense isn't good enough to stop them, Pete Prisco's theory of overtime.
2: So you don't think both teams need a possession?
1: Yeah, I'm fine with that. You don't need a possession. Brent, I think, what that, think the fact that? that they sort of even it out with the field goal versus touchdown on the first drive gives you some – Something, you know, a little cushion if you're the defense and not very good at stopping people.
0: Um, yeah, I'm with Ryan. I don't like it. I'm old. Uh, all right. Let's get out of here on this, John. Give us a very brief Robert Kraft update.
2: Robert Kraft apologizing on Saturday is the first time he's released any sort of statement. Obviously, he released one on Gronk today, but Saturday. And the thing is. He didn't apologize about anything that happened in Florida per se. It was just a very vague apology thrown out. Uh, so it, it kind of a lot happened on Friday and Saturday his lawyer spoke for the first time. He thinks that Robert Kraft's Fourth Amendment rights were violated. Uh, so there is a lot going on with this case, which makes sense because their first court appearance is this Thursday. So it feels like that just in case something happens. The sheriff in Florida has said the video of Kraft might get out. So it feels like they're kind of building the foundation of protecting themselves in case something happens. Kraft coming out and saying, hey, I apologized for something. I was wrong or all this happened just in case the video comes out or if something happens this week. So this is going to be something interesting to watch this week along with the owners' meetings.
0: Yeah, and I think you kind of had to do that. He'll be at the owners meetings. Uh Pete Prisco, Jason Lockeford as well as Jamie Eisenberg. Jamie Jamie will be there for one night and uh Pete and, and Jason will be there uh for all 3 days out in Phoenix. We will hopefully be talking to them this week to find out what's going on there, but you know, it would have been difficult I think for Robert Kraft to go to those owners meetings, to appear publicly uh without making some kind of statement and you know, no surprise that did, did the statement come out on Friday night? Was it late Friday night? Saturday afternoon, but his lawyer did an interview Friday night. I mean, Saturday afternoon of the NCAA tournament is a pretty, uh, it's a pretty good time to release a statement. And now, We're if people retired. ask
2: you questions at the owners' meeting, you can just say, "I defer to my statement." Whereas, if you didn't have that statement, it yeah. just would have been a headache, and it
0: would have been all week him getting questions.
1: Yeah, and, and he'll get questions now about Gronkowski retiring too.
0: Yes, yeah, so, hey Gronk, could you please retire? Um, in de- yeah, and he said in deference to the judicial process, I remained silent these past several weeks. Um, and then he also added, throughout, throughout my life, I've always tried to do the right thing. The last thing I would ever want to do is disrespect another human being. Extraordinary respect for women. My morals and my soul were shaped by the most wonderful – he says, I have extraordinary respect for women. My morals and my soul were shaped by the most wonderful woman, the love of my life, who I was blessed to have as my partner for 50 years. Myra Kraft, of course, died on uh, back in 2011. Um, and uh, Kraft added that he hopes to regain the public's, quote, confidence and respect. All right. That's it for the podcast. Great stuff. As always, guys, Um, I'm sure we'll talk this week. I'm sure I'll get you a schedule, Ryan, for when we might talk.
2: And we're all going celibate in April.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm continuing on from March into April. (laughs) I was
0: going to say, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. 2019, celibate. Um, uh, Yeah, March, April, May, whatever you want, John. As many many months as you need. I'm here for you, buddy. Uh, All right. On that note, let's get out of here.